Okay, so two weeks ago, I was up here, and we were getting ready for a banquet, and that came and went, and you guys crushed it. Let's hear it for the banquet. Like, you guys killed it. Gosh. Guys, I have heard from so many donors that they had an incredible time, and that the people sitting at their tables were incredible and brought so much joy and life to their lives. So I just want to thank you all for owning the night. It was amazing. It was so weird sitting on my couch and not being there because we got the Rona that morning and it was just not ideal. But yeah, two weeks later, passed the Rona and, uh, and we're, the banquet was a huge success. So just thank you guys for owning it so well. Um, yeah, su such good stuff there. Uh, in the foggy brain of the Rona is when I was getting ready for this. And so you'll see at the top of your outlines that it's from uh, 2019, so I didn't, uh, didn't update that. But most of the outlines should be fine, I think. So if there's some big holes, that's, what, uh, that's what's happening. So, um, All right, here's the talk tonight. Mission at the point of conflict. It's like the most intriguing title of a formation talk, I think, I, that they have. So mission at the point of contact. Or conflict. It's going to be okay. Conflict. Okay. <laughs> The point of conflict. Okay, so we're all Christians in here. We're all missionary disciples in here. We all know the Lord. The Lord loves us, made us. We find our identity in God and who, our relationship to God, right? That's like the basis of everything. So when we come to know that, it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. And so there's so much peace and joy in that. But as soon as we realize that we believe that we are sons and daughters of God, we also come to realize that there is an enemy. There is an evil one. And so the fact that there is Satan and there is God means intrinsically that there is a battle. Right, Lewis? Right. <laughs> Give it up for Lewis. Lewis knows what's up. Okay, so there is a battle. We are, dare I say, born into a battle when we are born again in Christ. Okay, so I'm going to, because of my foggy brain, I wrote a lot of, and kept, a lot of things in this uh, outline. So I'm going to read through a lot of these things. So Ephesians 6, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against, ruler, or and against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Okay, so our battle is not one that is visible, that is physical, that is with a people. It is a spiritual battle. Okay, this talk is about spiritual warfare, and I get amped about this because this is a huge part of life. All right, so there is the kingdom of God, and there is the kingdom of this world. And so if there is a war, these two kingdoms are coming together, and there is a front. And as missionary disciples, we are the ones that are on the front lines. We are them. I was, I was watching a, a commercial, and it was for the, the Marines. And you know the DiCaprio meme where he's like, points at the screen you know I was like that's us like look at us like the Lord has made us to be living in these ridiculous circumstances where we get up during college at six in the morning to pray and eat breakfast and we cook dinner and we do chores who does that in a college environment I mean the banquet guests were like who does this but 
we're doing this because it is, is building a foundation for a lifelong of holiness. Like, in a way, in a, as least cheesy of a way as possible, like, we are God's special forces on this campus. Like, we're doing the hard, the not glamorous, the not fun a lot of the time because we know that it is good and that God's going to do something through that. Okay? And so there's an ownership to that. Uh, so the battle is a spiritual battle. And in a lot of ways, I mean, I'm a big, like, World War II buff. Like, I love learning about World War II history. This battle is way more difficult than World War II because of its invisibility and because of the magnitude of the results of what can happen in a spiritual battle. So just to lay the groundwork. So what do the front lines look like? This is an interior battle, and it's an exterior battle. So the interior, this, this battle sounds like all right, am I going to get up this morning and am I going to take my prayer time or am I going to go grab that another cup of coffee and see who's in the kitchen and who am I going to talk to and oh, look at that, it's time to go to class. Like those choices you make away from the kingdom of God are these interior battles, these choices that you wrestle with. Am I going to talk to this person in class or am I going to scroll my phone for just a little bit longer until it's time to go and, and we're good. That's that interior, internal battle. And Paul knew this really well. He goes, all right, what I do, I'm, there's a lot of do's and do nots. So forgive me if I stumble over this, but here we go. What I do, I do not understand. For I do not do what I want, but I do what I hate. And then he gets, it keeps going. For I know that good does not dwell in me that is in my flesh. The willing is ready at hand. The willing is ready at hand, but the doing good is not. For I do the I do not do the good I want, but I do the evil I do not want. How many of you guys have felt this? Like, I'll be doing something and I go, dang it, why did I do that? Or like, I'm scrolling my phone and I know I should be talking to this person. And they get up and leave and I go, dang it, like, I know I want to do this. Why didn't I do it? I did the thing I didn't want to do. Like, we all fall into this. This is a battle we're all, like, very much aware of. We're all in this together. Uh, so that's this interior battle. The external battle. Uh, Mother Teresa puts this really, really well. Uh, if this doesn't fire you up as a missionary disciple, I don't know what will, because she sums it up so well. She says, the greatest disease in the West today is not tuberculosis or leprosy. I'll also throw in the coronavirus to be a little bit more, you know, current. It is being unwanted, unloved, and uncared for. We can cure physical diseases with medicine, but the only cure for loneliness despair, and hopelessness is love. There are many in this world who are dying for a piece of bread, but there are many more dying for a little love. The poverty in the West is a different kind of poverty. It is not only a poverty of loneliness, but also of spirituality. There is a hunger for love. There is a hunger for God. It does not take very far, brothers and sisters, for us to walk outside to see that this quote is true. The world is longing for something substantial. It is longing. It thinks it's finding it in all of these little things. And you're trying to, I mean, the world is trying, so many people are trying so hard to find meaning, to find depth, to find substance in all of these things that the world is promising, it will get. And it is convincing. The world is convincing you over and over again that this will satisfy you. This will give you worth. This will give you dignity. And at the end, what everybody is afraid of is that it doesn't satisfy. We know this. We know this. There are so many out there that don't. 
Pope Francis in what we used to call the playbook, still do, the Evangelii Gaudium. Uh, the great danger in today's world pervaded by, pervaded by its consumerism is the desolation and anguish born of a complacent yet covetous heart, the fervorous pursuit of frivolous pleasures and a blunted conscience. Guys, we're not made for this world. It's so obvious. There's way too much depression and anxiety in this world when doing the worldly things for us to be made for this world. We're not, and we know that. We know that. So the things, what I want to say, like, we're going to be talking about spiritual warfare, and it's always in these kinds of talks that the evil one is like, no way are we going to get this going. So if you're having doubts, if you're having lies, whispers of, like, there's no way you can do this. You know, this isn't for you. This is for some of those people that are a little bit more extroverted that are going to go out and talk to people. This whole mission thing, not for you. Like, those things feel heavy. We know the voice of the Lord. Like, we know what's good and what's not. So I just want to give you, like, an awareness of that, spiritual awareness of that right here and now. Um, and also, like, the things that I say, if, if we're, like, honoring people, like the testimonies at the beginning, like, it, they lift us to the Lord because we see that it's so good. Like, allow yourself in this content to be lifted in the Lord to see that it's good. Um, and so allow the Lord to work in that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, awesome. So turn the page. Is the next point worldview? Yeah, is that... Okay, sweet. So worldview. When we recognize this spiritual battle is at hand and the reality of it and the consequences of it, it completely changes the way we look at the world. Our worldview is completely turned when we come to believe this. And we've all experienced this. But the most important part of this worldview is that Christ has won the victory. Amen? Christ has won. Like the ba- I was just reading this book not too long ago that's a POW. It's this guy who was a POW during the Vietnam War. And he was a POW for almost 90% of the entire Vietnam War. He's in this, this camp. And for, at one point, the Vietnam War is over. And then he is in this camp still. None of the conditions have changed. The news has not spread to his camp yet. So in the, the 30,000-foot view, the war is over. The, everything should be fine. It's still not okay in his camp. People are still dying. People are still being killed, and hope is still super low until news reaches the camp and everything changes, okay? That's the world we live in right now. The victory has been won, but the evil one in his pride is trying to drag down as many people as possible in this time of loss, okay? And so that's where we're in right now. And so us, we know the victory, Okay, the response of Jesus Christ is Lord and is victorious shows in this room we know the victory. So the question is, does your life reflect that? Or how we're li- is how we're living, how I'm living, is, is, I'm in this, is how I'm living. This should be a question we ask ourselves at the beginning of the end of the day. Did, if, if, if somebody was looking at my life today, would they say, yeah, this guy's, this guy's a missionary disciple. This guy's a Catholic. This guy's a Catholic missionary. This guy loves Jesus and is ready to share. Okay? Like that should change the way that we view the world, but also the way that we act in the world. Because Jesus is victorious. The Lord is within us, and he's calling us to cast into the deep. We've got the winning formula. We've got the vaccine <laughs> to a virus that is killing the world. I mean, look at it. It's so, it's so relevant. It's amazing. Oh, um, okay, so in this, it can be intimidating, right? Like, what does that even look like in my life? You're like, I don't know if I should. What does that look like? I don't know. 
uh, it's really easy to, before you even try to figure out what that looks like, to hide. I know it's really easy to be like, I'm just going to take a long prayer time today. And that way the group that goes out to campus is going to go and I'm going to be here in love with Jesus. And it's not out of love for Jesus, it's out of fear of going out. You know, we can mask these things really, really well. When we look at the heart issue, uh, what we got to see is, are we actually being scandalized by what we see in the world? You know, our call is not to be scandalized. Our call is not to hide or be scared of our own shortcomings. Because like we said earlier, it's not us, right, Alex? It's not us. It's the Lord working in us, you know? And so our call is to not hide. Our call is to be bold and to be trusting on the Lord that he does work. And I mean, listen to the testimonies before this. Like, the Lord is working. Sometimes he just drops people on our lap. Like, he'll bring somebody to the front door of Antioch and just like, hey, look, here's somebody new. We did nothing. We opened the door. You know, it's like that easy. Uh, I heard that story the other day. It's amazing. Um, okay, so we do not have to go very far to be in our spiritual theater of war. We don't have to look ahead. When I was in college, the big problem I had was I was constantly wanting to be two or three or five years older than I was. And I was constantly like, man, if only I could be this, this guy. You know, I could be this leader, and I'm going to get this job, and man, when I'm there, like, it's going to be so good. It's all going to make sense. And my inability to match where my head and my heart were with where my feet were kept me from doing several times the mission that was actually before me. I watched a movie recently, another war movie. I don't, I don't, I don't spend that much time on war stuff, but uh, Dunkirk, incredible movie. Dunkirk's an amazing movie. One of the main characters is just this everyday French dad uh, that is getting in his boat one day to go across the English Channel and to rescue a bunch of soldiers back, backwards. He's from Britain. He's going to France to save a bunch of French soldiers. And this guy's an absolute hero. In his own like everyday boat, him and a bunch of other people said yes to go and get into literally a, a war, a battle, to save these people in their own boats and bring them back. And it's an incredibly heroic act. And I think all of us, we want to be that person. Like, I can't wait till that moment comes for me where I am a heroic person and I get to do the heroic thing and I'll be recognized and it'll be awesome and they'll call me a saint and they'll read my, my, my journal and like all this stuff that we think about because we're so focused on us, right? Who's thought that? I definitely have thought that. So, okay, what we have to realize is that what the Lord has big things in store for each of us. He has those moments. He has those amazing heroic moments. You're not going to know until you're in it, but the way we prepare for it, the way we get ready for it is living it every day, living it every day. Like the guy, the character in this movie, you can tell he's lived an entire life of just as much servitude, servitude, yeah, just as much service and laying down his life for other people that it prepared him for this moment. And if he wasn't active where he was, he would not have been ready for that moment. Does this make sense so far? Okay, so we're, we're called to be present and to cast into the deep um, and to be on the college campus where our feet are. Okay. The current culture's bad. I don't have to spend too much time on this topic. The current culture's bad. We know this. Um, but what I want to focus on is the culture, the evil one. If you were the general in the opposing army, if you were the evil one, wouldn't you want the army you're facing to be asleep? Wouldn't you want them to know or to believe that there actually isn't that big of a battle going on? 
it's actually not that big of a deal. It's not really happening. So don't get too caught up in it. You know, it's, it's okay. People are getting by okay. That's what you would want to believe if you were the, the evil one. That's what you'd want the enemies to believe. So it's so much easier to overtake them. Our call as Christians is to be awake. To be awake and aware of the spiritual realities that are at hand. Does that make sense? Okay. Like in the screw tape letters, like that's a great book on this sort of reality, this sort of mindset, is that there's actually a battle going on. Because in the world, if you do not actively support out loud on your Twitter page or whatever it is, the, if you're not actively in line and outspoken in support of what the world wants, then you're a hater. You're a hateful person because you obviously are way off. You know, if you don't actively get on Twitter or Facebook and support homosexuality. You're a hater. You obviously hate people or abortion and all these things. The world is like getting more and more hostile towards Christian and Catholic way of life. Late-term abortions are becoming more and more of a thing. Uh, Some of the ways that the world used to mask this reality of, uh, of a human is they call heartbeats, they're now called cardiac flutters. And so it's like, it's just a cardiac flutter. You know, it's not, you know, they just mask these things. We know, we're like, whoa, that's way off. Um, Gender-neutral bathrooms are going in schools all over Columbus right now, which is pretty wild. Um, There's, uh, right now, actually, there's a lot of of movements to remove accreditation to Christian schools just across the board. Like, if you're a Christian school, you just cannot be an accredited school because, obviously, you're way off with your reality and your worldview. And so, like, these are, like, actual things that the world's like, yeah, that makes sense. And it's, 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 it's a real kind of a litmus test every now and then of a, wow, okay, there's actually something at, there's a battle at play here. So on this battlefield, what our call is to be are medics of joy and peace, joy and purpose, peace, joy, and purpose on this battlefield. This battleground is one of loneliness one of addiction, one of isolation, individualism, relativism, misunderstanding of Christ and his church, hostility towards Christian values, the list goes on. But we are Christians, brothers and sisters. We are Christians. God has given us the ability to see the reality of what is at hand. And when we see it, we know it's true. We know what's going on. Jesus is king. The evil one wants to confuse and scare this world, and we can see it happening. So what we do is we love and we serve and we share our testimony and we boldly ask more from the Lord. Our call is to the front lines. Like I started this off, like in a way, in a very real way, we are God's special forces. Like God has called us in this particular time to lay down our lives in this theater of the college campus to get as many people to know him as possible. It's an amazing, amazing gift that we get to do this. And the heart of our mission is this, to meet with, to walk with, and to live with others at their points of conflict. Those points of conflict, when they're making those decisions, when the kingdom, the decision for the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of the Lord contradict each other. Like, this is a point. I'm either going one way or the other in these decisions. These are where we are called to walk with others and help them in that time. It's not glamorous. Like, our lives most of the time are not glamorous. There's nothing glamorous about morning prayer. 
There's nothing glamorous about it, but it's good and it's deep. And the Lord speaks to us in that and gets us constantly from the beginning of the day pointing at him, whether we're feeling it or not. It's good and powerful and he can work. It's just, it's walking with people in the grittiness of their lives. I was talking to uh, a missionary who used to be in Ohio and uh, she was saying how uh, when she was thinking about, she wanted to do ministry. There was a ministry that toured the country giving talks. She's like, that sounds pretty sweet. And just get up in front of a microphone and tour it. And she was saying how she was actually gung-ho on doing that and then realized when somebody else, a close friend, called out, like, you would actually hate that because you like getting into the trenches with people. You like walking alongside and, and being there when it's not easy or when it's not flashy, but the daily, lively grind of this life. That's what you like. And she's like, you're absolutely right, so I'm going to do that. Um, and that's, that's a similar call. Like, we're not called to do, most of the time, the really flashy, glamorous thing, but we're called to love people at all times, no matter what, in the hard stuff. Bishop's quote at the banquet, because I watched the recording. Bishop's quote in the banquet, I know, um, was so good. He quoted Pope Benedict. Uh, I'm just going to read it again because it's, it's that good. So, the purpose of our lives is to reveal God to men. And only where God is seen does life truly begin. Only when we meet the living God in Christ do we know what life really is. We're not some casual and meaningless product of evolution. No, each of us is the result of a thought of God. Each of us is willed. Each of us is loved. Each of us is necessary. There is nothing more beautiful than to be surprised by the gospel, by an encounter with Christ. There is nothing more beautiful than to know him and to speak to others of the friendship with him. There's nothing more beautiful. We think of this theater of war and that's what's happening. That's it. That's it. So going outside of our comfort zones is what we're called to. We all have comfort zones. We all know exactly where they are and where the perimeter are, and we don't cross that line. Um, we're called out of them because our comfort zones are not the Lord's comfort zones. And generally speaking, whenever we, if this is the line, whenever we are like even this far over the comfort zone is where the Lord magnifies that effort by like a thousand. I know you guys have all seen that. Whenever we push the lines, be like, Lord, it's on you, is when he provides and when he shows up. All right, our mission is super broad. Like, in SBO, our mission is, like, incredibly broad. It's everyone. <laughs> like, you go home during the wintertime, and it's family. You know, family's your mission. You know, and friends, it doesn't matter. Everyone that we come in contact with, because we're called to be the representation of Christ in this world, our mission is everyone, and it's really broad. And if it doesn't matter what your position is. It doesn't matter if you're in household, if you're in formation. It doesn't matter if you're a missionary. It doesn't matter if you're on staff with SPO. It doesn't matter if you, if you spend your summers at Damascus. It doesn't matter. People don't care. People will know that we are Christians by our love. Say it again. Period. End of story. People will know, Olivia, Say it again. people will know that, our, that we are Christians by our love. People will know that we know him by the way that he loves them through us, okay? Not our titles, our leadership roles, our situations. Okay, this guy Charles, I got I to gotta talk about Charles. We were playing Frisbee on Saturday morning, and it's like, it was early in the summer, so it was like 6.30 
or seven, and we get done playing Frisbee, and I walk over to the parking lot. We're playing at, at uh, Wolf Park, and I walk over to the parking lot to get my water bottle, and this older uh, gentleman is sitting in, in the front row, like right on the field, just sitting in his car, listening to some loud queen music and, and smoking a cigarette. And I walk up and his other window's down. I just kind of like put my arms in this window. I was like, dude, thanks for the tunes. It's like helping us go. And uh, he's like, man, you guys are bringing me so much life this morning. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, just, I remember when I was young and like, fired up and like there was like a particular scuffle this morning and so he was like man that just fires me up to like get back and like be like a leading man again and I was like we're just playing frisbee <laughs> like, that's amazing and so I started talking to him and I was like what's your, what's your plans today and he goes yeah well it's, it's I, I'm glad I saw you guys because I needed a little a little lift I think I'm going to dump this girl I've been with for like a couple of years she's just got a lot of baggage and I looked at him and I smiled and I said you probably got a lot of baggage too <laughs> and, and, he, and he, looks o- he looks over at me he's like yeah man right on like, <laughs> so it was incredible and then we were talking he's like yeah I'm just thankful for the gift that God gave of this beautiful morning and he's like yeah man right on you know, another knuckle and then I was like you going to church this weekend he's like dude I haven't been to church in quite a while I was like why did you stop going he's like I don't really know I was like would you go tomorrow if I asked you to go tomorrow he goes yeah I'll go tomorrow I'll go tomorrow and so I was like man it's like our job it's so easy sometimes. It's literally just saying hi to people and, and being fun with them. Like, that's our job. And then he came back the next week and was just, like, there watching Frisbee again. I was like, Charles, stop. It's like, that's, that to me is a great litmus test, and I'll get to this later, of a sign of Jesus in our community. Like, you see something different here, you know? It's so cool. It's so cool. All right. Uh, we're not... A, let's see, where are we at? I'm all over the place. <clears throat> okay, so what are we willing to do to let Jesus be known? A lot of this talk so far has been in the context of us looking outward. Now let's look at us looking inward in the community. What are we doing to also share Jesus with those of us around us? Are we willing to make time for our brothers and sisters? Are we willing to do that? So that Jesus can be shared with them through me and vice versa. And we just get to spend time being friends. Um, I know it's a, it's a much easier thing to talk about than it is to do because it's not always reciprocated. In fact, seldomly sometimes it is reciprocated. But us sacrificing time, us wasting time on one another is never, ever, ever a bad investment. Ever. I am yet to waste time on a brother or sister and community and regret it. After all these years, I have, it has never happened because I know it was good to step out of Mitchell's world and just spend time with the other people the Lord's put in our life. Even when this is inconvenient, when we're on mission or when we're with people and the only time this person wants to hang out after ghosting you over text for three weeks is when you just want to do this one thing and now they're calling you like, what? Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to pick up the phone and sacrifice our own preference so that Jesus might be known. Yeah? Okay? Challenging questions, but good ones, I think. Okay. We have to be rooted in the why. We're down to the, uh, the men- mentality on front lines. So, mentality on the fr- front lines. We are focused and we are united. Matthew 28. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. 
teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. This is our call. So when we're looking around at, at 13th Avenue, 12th Avenue, whatever it is, campus on a Friday night, and we're seeing brokenness, is our heart breaking? This is a question I want to ask and like, ask us to pray for. Is our heart breaking? When's the last time you've actually teared up over something you saw on campus? Over somebody you know does not know him, and your heart actually broke to the point where you were a little emotional. Like, man, Lord, like they just don't know. And they're searching. They're looking for value. They're looking for worth and wearing pretty much no clothes. And you're like, man, if only they knew. So I want to challenge us to really be praying for the Lord's heart because his heart is breaking. And we know it is. So let's pray for more of his heart that we can step out boldly when we see that because we're like, we have the answer. We know, we know. And we're really good at being cool people. If there's anything this room is good at, it's good at being cool people. I'm telling you guys are so cool. Ah. All right. Christ Jesus has called you. He's the victor. We have hit that. Okay. No one is lukewarm in the trenches. No one is lukewarm in the trenches. Guys, everybody, we need to be hot. <laughs> like, you ever, I know you guys have read that verse. Like, the lukewarm he will vomit from his mouth. Where are we being lukewarm in our fight for the kingdom? Where are we being lukewarm? All right, I want to encourage us, like, let's burn hot for love of this mission. Let's burn hot for the love of this mission. No one is lukewarm in the trenches. Yo. Yes. Let's, we're going to pray for it now. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Pour out your fire for now, Lord. Lord, baptize us in this fire, this fire for your mission, this burning desire of broken hearts for what breaks yours. Give us a hunger, a tenacity, a stupid joy for knowledge of you and a willingness to share it with others that we see on a moment's notice. Lord, we pray against this whole idea that we need to think through the perfect strategy before talking to somebody. But Lord, we trust that you will provide in those moments and how fun it will be when we see you at work. That that may encourage us to make sure that everybody at Ohio State's campus this year has heard your name, Lord. Help us to dream big goals. Give us fire for this mission, Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right, our second goal is to be united. United. We need community and camaraderie. If we are in battle, we need community and camaraderie. The worst battle. Can you imagine if you were the only one that believed any of this? If you didn't have these people here, and it's like you believe just as strong, but you like sit at home and you're like, man, I am the only one. Yikes, right? There's no way we would do anything. There's no way. We have such a tremendous gift of having community and camaraderie of people that know each other so well and that support each other and speak well of each other. I just heard a story of, of an old friend that was just cutting off a relationship he'd had for years because they got into an argument and he hasn't talked to him in a month. And I'm like, I can't imagine that in household or in our life, just like not talking to somebody for a month. 
It's like we have such, but that's the norm out there. Again, that's the norm. We have such an amazing gift that we got to reappreciate. And the great thing is, is that we are all on the same page as far as the battle goes. We are all doing the nitty gritty walking with people. And whether that's in our house or out, we are, okay, major, here's another war thing. Band of Brothers, Major Richard Winters, he signed up to be part of the, uh, World War II is the first time they did parachuting. And it was a crazy thing. They're like, well, who's going to jump out of a perfectly good airplane? Like, why would I do that? Like, the pay's okay. But he said that, he said, the reason I signed up for the Airborne is because I'm going to, to battle. I'm going to war. And I want the person on the right and the left being the best of the best. I want the person on my right and my left to be the best of the best. So brothers and sisters, as we're getting ready, I just want to challenge you to look at your right and your left and see, are these brothers and sisters the best of the best? Am I putting my life down for them? And that camaraderie is so necessary that when we know things get hard, it's not just when the chili cook-off is a blast, but when stuff hits the fan, these people are not abandoning me. They're walking through me in the depth of the ugliness it's so good, guys. It's so good. We're not called to be lone wolves. Guys, I know, I know I've said this before, but there were people when I was in SPO in college that were, that were leading small groups, that were in-household, that were doing the things, sharing words at prayer meetings. And after graduation, they went out on their own, no community, and now they don't call themselves Christians. All right? Like, the battle is real. And if you told that person in SBO that that would happen, they're like, yeah, okay, that's not happening. Look what I'm doing. It's not about doing, it's about being and knowing it in our heart and praying every day. Are we just doing the actions or are we believing this deep down? All right? We need community. We need people for us to be there. Hmm. Mission fosters deep relationships with one another. My closest relationships today, I've... I've, I've bled with them, uh, to put it the best way. I've bled with them in, in mission on campus, in mission with just friends, being at a bar and talking to somebody. Uh, I've spent time on the front lines with these people and their lifelong bonds. Like the friendships that you have here have the potential to be lifelong friendships. That's no joke. I've been doing this for, for nine years this year. <laughs> Ten years next year. It's going to be awesome. But the people that I know from household, my first time stepping into household are still my best friends I can text anytime right now. These are like huge, awesome gifts of friendship, and let's really lean into that while we're here. All right, I'm going to speed it up a little bit. Okay. Uh, does our community look different? Is it, does, when we're together, does it beg the question, what do they have that I don't have? I think, I think it does, from what I've been hearing. Like, I think it does, and let's rejoice in that, that people are seeing what's going on here, and they're like, I want that. I want that. Um, we used to do a thing in our backyard called uh, Happy Hour. And there was one day that, it was awesome. Okay, so every Wednesday at 5 o'clock, we would just have people come over to our backyard with lawn chairs and hang out. It was awesome. And there was, uh, there was one time I invited my buddy Nathan and David from uh, the river. And uh, granted, they were like zealous Christians. Um, but they walked up to our community and they were like, what is this? This is amazing. They're like, they're treating each other well. They, like, one of them told me, like, I can't really tell the difference 
if somebody's dating or if they're married because they're like not on with like relationships. They're just like focused on who's the new person, like loving them. And they're like, whoa, this is amazing. You're like, I am so welcomed into this. Um, that is just a really good sign. And I hear it in the testimony. So like keep that going, keep that going. We're outward facing onto the last bit here. To be generous. Being generous. So this battle is real. Sometimes this battle can get really heavy, and I know it can get heavy. And it's actually okay to feel the heaviness of the weight a little bit. That's like that heartbreaking part. But to know that it's not on us, like Alex was talking about, we show up and the Lord takes care of the rest. We step out of our comfort zone and the Lord multiplies. Okay? And so our call is to be generous and watch Him work. So I've got a couple, uh, a couple of one-liners here, possible tattoo material if you uh, want to do that. Okay, first, first Battalion, 4th Marines motto is whatever it takes, whatever it takes. This was our motto in household our first year, whatever it takes for my brother. Like, I'm doing it. If, if my brother is sick, I'm going to go to the store and grab whatever it is he needs, like whatever it takes. Like if this guy's got a flat tire, I'm changing his tire. Like, uh-oh, that gets really inconvenient and it's cold outside. But whatever it takes from my brother, like whatever it takes, it's such a good mindset to be in. All right, the U.S. Air Force Special Ops motto is these things we do so that others may live. So when we're sitting, when we're debating hitting the snooze button in the morning to go to morning prayer, these things we do so that others may live. If you're debating talking to that person in class, these things we do so that others may live. Okay, one of my favorite quotes, which I don't think is in this outline, one of my favorite quotes of all time is from the Coast Guard, the U.S. Coast Guard. And they tell you, or they tell um, their people that, so these are the people that go in these Black Hawk helicopters when a ship sinks, and they're the ones that go down and jump in the water and rescue the people who are drowning. Like, those are them. And they tell them in their training that the only difference between you and the person you're saving is mostly your attitude, your knowledge and your attitude, your knowledge of how to, how to operate in this and your attitude of which you enter the water. That's the major difference. Because they're in a mindset of, I'm sinking, I'm drowning, I need saved. And you're going in with an attitude of, I know what I've learned, I know what I know, I know what God can do with me, and I'm going in to save this. It's the attitude, which is crazy. It's so good. It's the attitude of which you enter the water. What is your attitude? Because if you're questioning if you have what it takes to go out on campus, who gave you authority to step onto campus? This guy. This guy gave you authority to step into whatever that situation is, out of your comfort zone. He gave you the authority to do that, and he will act. He sees you. He knows what's going on in your heart. He's going to be there for you. And Emily Bauer, she's got a good one here too. My life is more full when I am generous. My life is actually more full when I am giving more away. It's so good. Is it so true? Oh, it's so good. Like I've seen guys in household give up alcohol to like walk with a brother who is struggling with alcoholism. You know, like these serious... When the stuff hits the fan, locking arms, I'm here in you with this. Like, that's, that's the real stuff. And it, it costs. It's not convenient. It's not easy. It costs us our ease, our comfort, our pride, our preference. It's super inconvenient. It costs us new descriptions of how we clarify what is our time, what is my time, what is mine. And it causes us to respond. Your time does not belong to you. 
Your relationships in college can be short or lifelong. Okay, we're going to, yeah. A life poured out on mission is worth it both here and in heaven. There are eternal ramifications for what we do, guys. And it's so good because we just literally be good friends to people and there are eternal ramifications. Like who knows if Charles just straight up goes to church every weekend for the rest of his life and comes to know the Lord. Like just from talking to him after a game of Frisbee, who knows what the Lord's going to do with that. Like think about all of these things that, we're do- that we have the ability to do. We have eternal ramifications here. All right, I'm going to leave you with uh, a couple lines here. After Jesus gives the Beatitudes, he says, Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. That is a true line. We don't just want to like, dismiss that because we're thinking about me, what I'm going to get. Like, that is a good thing to, mo- to motivate us, to move us forward. Like, we get to spend the rest of time and beyond that with this guy, with the Lord of Lords. Like, that's, that's it. Let us not grow tired of doing good. For in due time, we shall reap our harvest if we do not give up. It is written, what eye has not seen and ear has not heard and what has not entered the human heart, what God has prepared for those who love him. God's got a lot for us. So here's some some closing questions I want you guys to actually sit with. So when we're we're making those decisions of, am I going to write these two paragraphs or am I not? These are the ones that you can, you can decide to, to contemplate those things with. It is different to follow Jesus than to not follow Jesus. How can you live a life that begs the question, why? Why is it different to know Jesus than to not know Jesus? How can you help build our community into an environment that begs the question, why? What can you do to make this environment one of those that when people see it, they go, whoa, what is this? This is what I've been looking for. And the last one, how can you take a step in meeting someone, a friend, a coworker, a family member, Lord, bring their names to our minds right now, at their point of conflict? How can you take a step in meeting somebody at their point of conflict? Amen.